I'd like to welcome you to the Phase Line Podcast. My name is Sam Patchett, and I'm joined today by my friend and co-host, Bill Heron. Before we get into the first episode of the Phase Line Podcast, we're going to do something we call the Memorial Moment. It's something we're going to do before every podcast to make sure that our fallen brethren and their sacrifices are not forgotten. So if you'll please join us for just a moment. Corporal Kavako was killed in action on October 3, 1993, in Mogadishu, Somalia, during Operation Gothic Serpent. Corporal Kavako was deployed with Bravo Company, 3rd Ranger Battalion, as part of Task Force Ranger. James was born on February 12, 1967, and was 26 years old at the time of his death. James was riding in the turret of a Humvee that day as his convoy of special operators fought their way to a downed Blackhawk deep within the city when he was killed by automatic weapons fire. Prior to deploying, James had been notified of a death in his family, but refused to go home, telling his mother, I have to do what I have to do to affect mission success and to see my men don't get hurt. Corporal Cavaco was posthumously awarded the Bronze Star for Valor. Rangers lead the way. Okay, as I mentioned, my name is Sam, and I'm joined today by my friend and co-host Bill. For the first episode of the Phase Line podcast, we've decided to jump right in and give you an overview of what this podcast is all about, why we decided to embark on this adventure, and what you can expect as an audience from this podcast. So, Bill, from a 30,000-foot view, why are we doing this podcast? Well, you know, we spent many, many hours probably having these conversations one-on-one, talking about the need for prepping the prepping community to have some realistic... I guess you could say boots on the ground, homegrown information, uh, information on how do we start a group? What's the need for the group? What are the pros and the cons of the group? And when we look for this stuff out there, either on the World Wide Web or in the books or anywhere, there's very little information on starting a prepper group. And this is something you and I both know. It seems how we both have started one together and have been working in that group for a good amount of time. So it was just time for us to share that knowledge where there's a need that's just not existent in there today. There's so much stuff about prepping out there that it's just not, there's nothing out there in forum for people to, there's nothing out there for them to refer to. So this is what this is all about. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, you, you hear all of the time uh, preparedness experts talking about uh, the fact that, you know, the lone wolf strategy just doesn't work and, the, and the importance of having a group. But yeah, and but the reality of that is that that's that's a really large undertaking, and and to do that uh, successfully um, takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of time. And you and I started this from the ground up, and we've learned probably just as much from our mistakes in, during the process as we as we did from. Uh, you know, implementing the the, uh, the types of things that we brought to the table when we um, when we started developing a preparedness group that really was just focusing on making sure that in the event some catastrophic event impacted the world around us, that we could take care of our families. Absolutely, you know, there's safety in numbers for one. 
Uh, you can't you can't argue that. You know, you hear the cliche saying all the time: the strength of the wolf is the pack. The strength of the pack is the wolf. And the prepping community, I think that that's a very true statement. Simply because you can't do everything by yourself. You can't cook, grow food. You can't do security. You can't take care of livestock. You can't take care of the sick. You can't do any of those things as one person or even just a husband and a wife team with a couple of kids. Even if you look into the old times and the primitive times, even or say primitive times, but the 17, 1800s, and even back in the Viking times, very community orientated. They didn't do anything by themselves. And this, and today, unfortunately, there's so the lone wolf mentality is very strong in society. That I don't need anybody's help. I can do it on my own. It's a method of ego, but exactly. in, in a you know, a collapse type environment that we're talking about, community is, is all we're going to have. And, and it's going to be very, very important. And if you can have the ability to choose that community beforehand and select that community and basically build that community brick by brick, one, your wall is going to be, your, your wall, your proverbial wall is going to be so much stronger and so much better versus just going out there and, and just taking whatever life deals, whatever life deals you and what you have, you know, so it's better to be ahead of the game. That's true. And, and you can't not only it's not only not about being able to do everything on your own, but the reality is, is you can't know everything either. And if it doesn't really matter if you've been working on um, preparedness for years or if you're brand new to it, there is always something to learn. And, and even with a diverse group like uh, you and I have, you're still going to have areas that you might be a little overstrength in and areas that you're weaker in. And because you're not doing this as a full-time occupation, it's very difficult to be able to get everything done that needs to be done, to, to source everything that needs to be sourced. Uh, preparedness takes time. It takes money. It takes dedication. It takes commitment and discipline. And having that self-built community helps with all of that from from every angle even accountability having having a preparedness group where everyone is relying on each other having that accountability within within your group is is essential absolutely and you know the you can't we can't and the reality is you can't sugarcoat the undertaking that a prepper group is you know the saying is that you know how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time well it's no doubt about it you and i both know hands down it is definitely an elephant that has to be eaten and the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time but it goes a lot quicker when you have more than one person doing one bite at a time and everybody's eating their part of the elephant because like you, you hit it right on the head that one person can't know everything. You can't jam that much knowledge into one person's head. And honestly, if you are one person that has all of that knowledge and something happens to you, the rest of the people that are relying on you are now without that knowledge. And so it's good to have that safety net of a group to rely on. And, you know, if you talk about what's the what's the perfect size for a group, I mean, that, that question right there is, is, is going to vary in answers from you and your next door neighbor to you and your entire neighborhood and your entire cul-de-sac or whatever, based on what you're trying to accomplish and all of that stuff. So what, how big the elephant is and what kind of elephant, what flavoring that elephant has is this is going to depend on where you're at. There's so many different, um, different venues that can go. Like 
you know, we can, this will lead, lead us right into kind of one of our next talking points is look at the different situations that are happening all over the United States and all the different things they're dealing with versus hurricanes on the Gulf Coast, fires on the West Coast, riots in a lot of the big cities and the northern cities, and just so much different stuff happening all over in your terrain. Prepping in Texas is a lot different than prepping in Indiana or Alaska or California, anywhere else. It's so many different variations to that. So the more minds to look at it, the more minds to zone in on what you're trying to accomplish, the better off you're going to be in the long run, I think. No, that's that's right. And we talk about all the different aspects of preparedness and organization is a fundamental pillar of preparedness. And I assure you that... Uh, when you need to rely on the plans that you've made or, and on the preparations that you've made, the, the time to find a group of people to work with is not when you need them. And uh, not only that, but uh, you want to make sure that the people that, that you are deciding that you're going to start working with don't need everything that you have. You want to make sure that everybody is at least equally yoked and that they're they're on the same level that you are, that they're they're that the same mindset, they understand commitment and having a group, an organized group of people with a preparedness mindset, especially long before you have to call on any of that, it really does help you sort of see where people are in their commitment to that, how hard they're willing to work. And it also helps you make sure that everybody going into this is on a level playing field. Everybody in the world is already, who is not preparing, is already going to want what it is that, that you have. Absolutely. And uh, so the last thing that you want to do is, is to try to set up uh, ground rules for your organization after the fact, try to make sure that the people in your your organization are prepared at the same level of, of preparedness that you are. Uh, and these are all things that um, are just some of the foundational things that go into setting up a preparedness group. And you're absolutely right. It just depends uh, uh, on what part of the country you live in, um, on on exactly what it is that you need to be preparing for, even if it isn't a end of the world type of scenario. Absolutely. And, you know, and one of the things, and that's the other benefit of why you were talking, and one had this one thing popped in my, in my head that I heard listening to a, um, a Bible study, actually, it said that um, truth changes depending on, truth of a situation depend, changes depending on where you're sitting at in a room. So when you think about a, a prepper group or a, a group, any, a preparedness group, you know, the slang term obviously is prepper group, but when you think about a preparedness group, those different perspectives on reality can be a very valuable tool because when you don't think about something, you know, I may be that guy that's hardcore, you know, tactical, you know, I come from a military background. I'm all about the, I can zone in easily on the infantry tactics and the cool guy stuff. And I'm all about the, all about the look cool, nice hair, nice boots part of it. And then I've got the guy that, you know, maybe a little bit older and a little bit wiser than me that says, Hey, that's all cool and stuff. You got plenty of bullets, but what are you going to eat? And that 
other that have, have the ability to do that is, is, is tremendous. And that having that set of eyes and set of things on there. And a lot of that and what that does in the organization, which you're talking about, helps channel all those different perspectives and all those different point of views into a an organized fashion and allows to develop what in the military we call priorities of work and allows us to roll into those things smoothly and effectively and the key word here efficiently as we move and grow as a prepper group so that in that organization is is top notch that communication is another one that goes in there so all those different perspectives and you mentioned it in our group that we have we have guys that come from various different professions from different age groups from different areas grew up in different areas couple city boys some country boys some northern guys some southern guys and we got a, a wide variety and all those guys bring a different thing to the table. And what brings it together for us is, is that we have that organization. We have a chain of command. We have established set of standards. And having that base, base standard operating procedure, so to speak, in place allows us to be ultimately, like I said, the key word is more efficient in everything that we do. And again, you talked on it too about everybody being on the same sheet of music. Everybody being on the same level. And if you got a group of people, and, and this is kind of the in-game picture, the, what we call the military in-state, is that if you take a group of people that are like-minded with the same vision, the same work ethic, and the same goals and everything, and they're all on the same sheet of music for the big scheme of it, and you put them to work, the amount of progress and the amount of work that they're, the amount of things that they're going to accomplish is going to set you up for a much more comfortable post-apocalyptic situation for sure so yeah and you know one of the things i hear we've heard it say all the time well if this happens you're not going to have this you're not going to have that you need to get used to that and you know we started asking ourselves probably took us i don't know what do we say we've been 16 years into this now so we probably say we're probably into this 10 years maybe a little longer before we said why not yeah exactly you know if if we have the time and the manpower and the knowledge that we have, why can't I have some kind of cooling system in my shelter? Yeah, yeah. Or why can't I go to the bathroom in an actual porcelain toilet? You know, I mean, it's, and those are, and that's when you get guys that are in sync and on the same sheet of music, you start asking those questions, you know, uh, you start getting out of that mindset of, oh, this is going to be horrible and this is going to be, this is going to be bad and this is going to be miserable and you're going to have this and that. And then you don't start limiting yourself. You start sitting there looking at it going, why can't we do that? How do we make this comfortable and effective? Yeah, that's right. And and sometimes it takes a group of well-rounded individuals to, to sort of make that paradigm shift from, listen, we need to make sure that, that we train in and that we we um, are proficient in just real basic survival skills that 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 uh you may need to use but and then make that shift from that to the difference from survival to thrive to, to thriving uh in that type of environment and and all of that the answer to that to make that step is just about preparation and it's about mindset but if you if you only have yourself and maybe one other individual, you may never get to that point because you're, you're always, uh, right. obviously you're keeping everything that you're doing confidential because you don't want to be public knowledge that, that, you know, you have food or medicine or ammunition or whatever in the event that people actually need it. Um, 
so you find yourself sort of in this echo chamber um, in terms of, of mindset and what you're going to do versus opening up those the horizons of possibility. Well, ideas are ideas are like livestock. If you if you only keep breeding livestock in the same and you never go outside of your own herd, you're ultimately going to end up with a bunch of inbred stuff that ain't going to work well <laughs> for you. And ideas are the same exact way. If you stay inside your box, and there's secure, trustworthy ways to to get ideas outside of that box, and if, and it, you know, not to mention you know the mental aspect of you know not a, you know not really able to grow you know we can all be very innovative and creative people but at the end of the day you're going to reach that limit and not only going to reach your limit mentally you're going to reach your limit physically because if you're out there trying to do all of this stuff by yourself really what's your long what's your survivability rate long term how much longer before you get you're so stressed out and so beat down and tired because your body never gets the rest or that your body never gets a break before you're sick and you're ill or, and something happens. And next thing you know, you're running out there checking a perimeter and you pass out and fall down and break your leg. Now you become more part of the problem than you are part of the solution. And there are some people out there that will probably do just fine on their own. And, you know, kudos to them and I, nothing against them. You know, I just think that there is that safety in numbers and, you know, and, and, you know, we're talking, this is for the first podcast, you know, we're talking about a lot of different information, but it's more of a, broad spectrum and and you know to the listeners you know the gut the goal of this podcast is going to be what we're talking about is breaking this stuff down into different sections and discussing you know the the do's and the don'ts not because we have the end-all answers because one thing we don't have is the end-all answers but what we do have between us uh, you know working together is 16 years plus of that probably 16 years of trials and error, a um, lot more trials and errors than victory and successes, which is good though, because that's where you learn, right? If you're doing it right all the time, you're not learning yeah. anything. So you don't learn how to react when things go bad. And I think we've been <laughs> early on, we've been blessed with a lot of those mistakes that we are able to figure out that, Hey, through these errors that we're able to correct them and learn so much more. And that's the idea of the whole, of this whole thing. And that's where we came together and was like, Hey, there's a lot of people out there like us. There's a lot of people that want to do what we we've been doing and I can proudly say we've been doing it before it was cool and you know the idea that we have so much knowledge and experience not just from us but from the people that we surround ourselves with not just from people in our group but people that we know in other groups that we've networked with and associated with that we've learned so much information that there's no point there's no security risk and sharing that out there, you know, the reality is, is I'm not going to, we're not going to give a full roster of everybody or everybody's addresses or anything like that, obviously, but we're going to talk about what the things that we've learned that work and don't work, you know, how some of our guys or girls may prep food this way. And some others may do it this way simply because they live here and it's easier for them to store their stuff and move their stuff versus over here just within a group the diversity that can happen within a group why this stuff is important and i think you know we're going to have endless amount of episodes where we can talk about this and when we i think when we get to the end of the line where lessons that we've learned in the past you know 15 years or so by that time we'll have learned a whole new uh, load of lessons that we'll be able to share on for things and that's the idea knowledge is power 
it's very, very important. And we want to just make sure that we're out there putting out as much knowledge as we can to make sure that the community, the, the prepper community, the preparedness community, the SHTF group uh, community is, is knowledgeable and able to survive when this stuff comes and comes and happens to us. And we don't know exactly what the reality of it is. You know, there's so many different people out there that have different ideas of what's going to happen, you know, as far as it's a socioeconomic collapse or natural disasters or the way 2020 shaping up a little bit of all of it at once. Yeah. Um, it's like having a bar and there's a shot left of every bottle of liquor and let's just pour it into one big mixed drink. That's 2020. So <clears throat> there's so much. And even then 2020 talking about current events, it's opened our eyes. And I guess maybe one thing is that, you know, it's easy to get tunnel vision on. Well, what if this sets it off? Of course, this other stuff may happen, but what if we set what this set it off that we never thought that, man, you know, one part of the country, we have wildfires, we have a pandemic nationwide, we have hurricanes. The state of Louisiana has been blasted by three hurricanes in 2020. And, you know, and all the other different stuff that's going on, who would have thought that all of this would have been happening at one time? You know, who else? You know, murder hornets and whatever else might come across with 2020 for sure. Right. And I just don't, uh, especially because 2020 is uh, an election year. It's a highly controversial election year. I just don't think that uh, some um, magical event is going to happen at the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve when we start 2021, that all of a sudden the stuff of 2020 of becomes the past. I just think it's sort of, uh, it's going to be a lot more like Groundhog Day, uh, especially, uh, you know, personally, I expect the election to be contested all the way through January. So that is, that is just something that is going to continue. And it doesn't matter who wins the election. Um, all of the same types of stuff that we've been seeing associated uh, with um, the political environment of this country is just, it's not going to just end because all of a sudden we're in a, uh, we're in a new year. Uh, coronavirus is certainly not just going to stop because we've turned, turned around the corner. I mean, we'll be right in the middle of flu season. Um, <clears throat> if you look at what's happening right now uh, in the European nations, um, they're seeing an increase in, uh, not just their COVID-19 cases, but their hospitalizations, which is really, really the metric to follow, in my professional opinion. Uh, so, and then uh, the economic effects of what the national um, shutdown uh, had uh, due to COVID, I don't even think we've even begun to see that. Um, the federal government's talking about a new um, stimulus bill, but you know, what is $1,200 going to do for an individual whose rent is, you know, 900 or a thousand dollars. It's not really going to do anything for them. So we haven't even really, uh, seen the long-term economic effects of, um, of COVID. And all of this is going to continue right into 2021, like 2020 never ended. I don't, I don't think we're going to see an end to 2020, for a very, very long time. You know, I think I think maybe the one best way to sum 2020 up is, in a way I look at it in my mind, 2020 is a warning shot. Except the difference is a warning shot is with buckshot. So it's a whole lot of different bullets coming at you at once. But it's definitely a warning shot, and I think it's what's to come. You know, there's so many different 
um, avenues. You and I have talked about it in depth offline. That there's so many different venues of stuff that's awry, you know. And of course, we can sit here all day. We can make a whole nother podcast and go into the who's and the what's and the why's of each subject and go from a common sense factual approach to a hardcore conspiracy theorist, you know, approach. And we probably just honestly agree that it's probably somewhere in the middle of what the reality is, is that, you know, and that's one of the deals is you and I talked about one of the goals of this is, you know, we don't want to get too hardcore into that stuff. We'll talk about the facts and we're going to present the facts that we know to be true. But the goal and the focus is not so much why this stuff is going off, but what happens when it does and you have to change the way and your life changes forever in the way you have to live and the way you have to conduct your business. And that's what our goal is. But, you know, there's so many different venues from uh, national coin shortage to COVID to the wildfires, like I said, to the hurricanes and, you know, all the different things that are happening. The election year is a huge thing. The riots all over the country, the, the, the division, the racial division that's happening in the country on social media and all over the place. Um, you know, law enforcement's a hot topic. It's just so, one, I mean, as a society, every, just as a society, our feelings are hurt for one. You can't deny that. But just so much, everything's so volatile. You know, you're cooking, you're cooking next to a gas farm in reality, and anything could go off at any point at any minute. And that's just, just and that's a scary thing. And as a prepper, as somebody in that community that's, that's dedicated a large part of their life and made it a priority, I sit back and I look and go, even at 14, 15, 16 years later prepping, I'm thinking, man, I I got some work to do. So I can <laughs> I only just, imagine. I was just going to say the same. I was just going to say the same thing that, especially with this year, I, I agree with you 100% uh, with your warning shot analogy. But this year, um, I've seriously been going back through all of our preps, and you and I have had some extensive conversations on what we may need to, to start doing and uh, elevating, elevating our, our readiness levels. But um, I've looked at a lot of stuff and thought, man, I don't know what the heck I've been doing because I've got a lot of work I've got to get done before um, before I, uh, you know, we're going to have to rely on this stuff. Yeah. And, and honestly, you're never going to, you're never going to be a hundred percent ready. And uh, you also made another good point. It's not that we and we try to emphasize this with our group a lot too, is that it's not that we are preparing for any specific event because the event is, is almost irrelevant. It is the effects of that event. It's the first, second, third, fourth order of effects that people just don't anticipate. There will be no toilet paper in the stores for months on end. Right. And, <laughs> and the reasons for, and we're going to talk about that in a little yeah. bit. We're going to have a good conversation. Right. About yeah. That in a but, but again, that's just one of those things that are related to a, uh, viral pandemic for a virus that, um, is brand new. We don't know anything about. Um, and all of a sudden the thing people are most concerned about is how are they going to wipe their butts if they can't get to the grocery <laughs> store? Not necessarily how are they going to eat, but how are they going to wipe their butt? And, and, uh, but it's that type of thing that you're preparing for. It isn't a viral pandemic per se, because you could come up with an unlimited list of things that could happen that would cause, you know, the world to end as For we sure. know it. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. really sort of that, 
that mindset of what is it that I'm going to need to be able to survive in a world that doesn't have these things anymore. And man, if, if people are not seeing all the events that have happened in 2020 as an early warning siren, I, I just, I don't know what to say to these people because this is your chance to get ready. If you think that things are going to get better, please email us and tell us how, because I just don't see. Yeah. I yeah. want to know. What that <clears throat> yeah. Recipe yeah. Is tell me what sure. that path is and I will do everything I can uh, to, uh, you know, to influence whoever I can possibly influence to move in that direction. But I just <laughs> don't see it. And you can just look, uh, down the the roads that you drive and see the division in this country you can turn on any any tv station you can go on social media anywhere um it's just uh it's not just the the division that we have here we have increasing global uh conflicts with um peer level adversaries uh we have this covid thing which whether or not you know it's it's sort of funny that people either believe in covid or you don't believe in it Regardless of where you stand, regardless, yeah, it's a reality. regardless of where you stand on that, it's, it's here. It's having the effects it's having. And I know there are some folks who say, yeah, COVID is just going to disappear after the, after the election. And um, I'm sure Europe is really hoping you're right. But I just don't see that happening. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm going to cut you off and I'm going to appease. I, I can appease the masses there. And I'll say it just like this. This thing called COVID, which we'll call undefined is having a lasting effect on the country as we know it. What it is and where it comes from is unknown, but this thing called COVID is causing a whole lot of problems. It appeases both parties. Well, I mean, COVID has already cost the United States federal government uh, over $4 trillion in 2020 and, alone. And, that's right. and they're trying to pass additional stimulus that, again, is is they're debating between $1.8 and $3 more trillion. So um, something... COVID is something for sure, but it is again, right? I mean, that's the most expensive nothing I've never heard of in my life. Yeah, it's. I mean, could I have a piece of that nothing? Absolutely. Is there a patent on that nothing? You know, and not really sure. And you know, you said it, you're not really sure what to say to those that are not taking a warning shot, but you know, I'm, I'll take a minute and I'll say to those that are taking a warning, that are taking the warning shot and listening to it, I'm going to say one, if you're new to the game, first of all, welcome to the game. Um, better late than never. I can assure you of that. And, you know, some of us have been, been, been in this world for a little while, and I and I'm new to you. I mean, this this is a learning curve for us too. Some of this stuff, so much happening at one time, and I would like to say that I had the preemptive thinking to say that, hey, I I could saw all this coming. You know, I knew I was. I told y'all, and I wasn't that guy. You know, I kind of, and I'll admit it that I had that one mindset of, you know, I kind of had my idea of what was going to happen, and. You know, and I didn't think that all of a sudden it was a lot of this stuff was going to, that everybody was going to be right at once, you know, and, and then since it is, you know, the guys that are saying, well, it's going to be a, a, a biological thing are, they're right. There's, it's causing problems. It's changed the way people have lived or are living right now. Um, but the guys in California are going to go COVID. I'm just trying to keep my house from burning down. You know, the people in Louisiana are saying, I'm just trying to keep my house from blowing away or I don't have a home. So it, there's reality for so many people out there. It's so much different. And it, in a way, everybody's a little bit of right. And um, as long as 2020 doesn't bring an EMP, <laughs> I mean, hopefully that's hopefully that one section of the community stays very much. Yeah, wrong, right. I mean, but, you've got the viral pandemic that causes the economic collapse. Yeah. And then the one thing, the two things that top it all off is... Um, 
is a uh, EMP that uh, or a solar <laughs> flare that masks an EMP and starts World War Three. <laughs> you know? And 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 sets off the the volcano and you know in Wyoming. Wyoming. With its That's right. Heavens. And then and yeah, then the yeah. gases from the volcano create zombies that run around the, yes. the world. <laughs> yeah. And here we have it, and none of us are prepared for all of that no. together. And that you know, and that's the thing is that we can say, we say that joking around, and, and it's and it's because it is. But the thing about it is, the reality is, is that there's not a prepper, a preparedness group. There's not a prepper expert. There's not a single person on this planet that has all the answers and the best way of doing it. What they may have is a best way of doing it for them, for their budget, for their living situation for their family, for their group. There is not one way here. There is a million different ways. And one thing you're never going to hear in this podcast ever is this is the way, the only way, because you're definitely not going to hear that from no. us. You're going to hear from us is this is some stuff that we've tried. We've got, and like I said, we've got and been blessed with such a variety. We've got guys that live in the urban areas. We've got guys that live out in the sticks and everybody preps differently and everybody's reality is different. And that's, and you can only prep for what you can prep for. You know, if that, you know, California, then people that are dealing with the wildfires up there, they're going to approach things a lot differently when they build their homesteads and they build their houses. And, you know, I'm sure they already have. I mean, wildfires are not a big deal. And if you're a native to Texas, the wildfires, forest fires aren't necessarily a stranger here. Central Texas, backdrop area and all that. Austin area, a lot of them, they were burned up years ago. So, I mean, there's so many different realities and you're absolutely right. And and the thing about it is if you missed all of those, all of that stuff prior to now and just something about 2020 clicked to you and said, you know what, it's time to get my, my act together. And we saw it. We saw a lot of people that just decided, hey, I went to go buy some laying hens at uh, the store to throw in my chicken coop and I couldn't even find any laying hens. I mean, chickens were sold out. And I'm thinking to myself, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Toilet paper, not so much. I get it. You want a clean butt, but I want, I'd rather eat, you know, cause that chicken makes much more sense. Right. So there are a lot of people that are, that are getting the message, you know, gardening became very popular. And I think a lot of people that even begin prepping without even realizing that that's what they're genuinely doing. They're just trying to have a plan that if I'm going to get locked in and the grocery stores are you know, empty and, you know, something that on the, on the Gulf coast area, if you live in a hurricane area, seeing empty grocery store shelves, isn't that foreign to us, you know? No, yeah, I actually, no, you're right. And, and during hurricane Harvey, I actually took my, my older boys to the grocery store just so they could see what it was like when people start panicking because they're not prepared. And we, but actually there was plenty up- of toilet paper. There was plenty of toilet paper. That's true. I, I don't know why. I don't know why there wasn't, but there was plenty of toilet paper. And there, of course, were some things that that we picked up that um, that was going to be just part of our our normal weekly shopping list. But um, mm-hmm. just for them to see empty shelves, uh, and again, those shelves cleared out and they were empty uh, where I am now, which is not on the Gulf Coast any longer. Um, I'm further up in the country a little bit, but. Um, yeah, uh, during uh, during this entire COVID thing, to just to see grocery store shelves cleared is is a big eye opener that uh, that there are millions of people around the country who 
have never experienced or seen that before because there just isn't any really need for it. That's right. And you're right. And, and it was a huge eye-opener for yeah. people. Yeah, and you're right. People are not going to hear from us that this is the only way of doing it. I, I think that what we're going to wind up presenting uh, throughout the podcast is what we have tried, what has worked, what hasn't worked, and we fully encourage you to modify what we've done, to replicate what we've done, um, to do exactly opposite of what we've done, we don't really nope. care. What 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 matters is that you do something. You take action and you do something. And it's and you make it work for you. Yeah, we don't care if you go left. We don't care if you go right. Just make a decision and and do it. And if it doesn't work, then adapt. Try it again. Um, but uh, but to get started, um, moving in that direction because. Even though though things look sort of dire right now, I will say that I personally believe that there is still time. Um, I would say that I personally believe that things are going to get more chaotic over the next several months. I don't expect that to improve. Um, and that the things that uh, you may want to start acquiring might be more difficult to find they might be more expensive they might not be, you might not be able to find it at all i mean if you don't own a firearm or have uh, uh, all of the ammunition that you think you might want to have in the event you couldn't get it anymore or you weren't going to be able to get it for a very long time you may have missed the boat on yeah. that not that that the ammunition is not available, but you're going to pay two or three times the price of it right now because it's not available for uh, for retailers to sell. So you know, and they the thing about it, you go talking about getting on board and, and starting the just starting the process is is that there's so much information out there, and you know what's the right answers and all of this stuff, and encourage you to do all the research and stuff and. And do as much as you can. And that's one of the reasons for this podcast. And, and I was thinking to myself while you're talking, you know, if I was a listener, I'd be thinking, why do you, why would you care if, if I'm prepped or I'm thinking, well, here's the reality of it. If you prepare yourself and you take care of your own, you're one less person. Hopefully I got to defend my stuff against. Exactly. That's because right. how many times, and we'll hit on this real quick. How many times have you heard people in the prepper community say, I don't need to do that because I know where to take it from. Well, here's the reality. That person's not a prepper. That's a pirate. Yeah, that's a pirate. And yeah. that pi- that's a pirate out there that's going to be out there. It's our, what we close to term. There's a building of a, of a raider group and what you see in so many different movies. That's that guy. And that's such a horrible mentality. That, yeah. And here's the good news about those people. That the more people that we can educate and inform and get them on the right set of, of, of my mindset, excuse me, and get them on board with what the program is, is that when that community is stronger, those people have less power. Those people are not, they're just not going to be as damaging as what they think they're going to be. You know, I've heard people say, well, I've been hunting all my life and I'm just going to live off the land. And that's, that's a possibility. But unfortunately, you're probably one of hundreds of people in your neighborhood or your area that probably have that mentality. Every Everybody that deer hunts that has never prepped or done anything probably has that mentality. And eventually, you hunt an area, anybody that's hunted long enough knows, you hunt an area so heavily, they're going to move on. Or you're just going to hunt a mile out. And what happens when that's done? You're eating grass stew and stuff. So it, 
it's hunting can be an important level of your prepping. It can be an important thing. And we'll talk, that's going to probably be a whole nother podcast to be honest with you. But the reality is we want you educated and we want you to know, and we want to help you because when you are educated, knowledge is power. And the more powerful you are as a prepper, the less of a threat you are to me and mine and my buddies and my family and my group and, and all of that. And the better as a community that we can live successfully um, together in harmony, peace, love, and chicken grease, you know, and that's what it's all about. And if, and it's, if you're late to the game, it's better late than yeah. never. I heard so many people on social media just hating on people. Oh man, y'all freaking out and this, that, and the other. And I always laugh and I say, you're just mad because they beat you to the punch. And I am mad at you. And you know why? I'm not mad at them because I've already prepped yeah. that or I already have that. I don't need to rush to the store. Sorry that you do, yeah. that you don't foresight enough to say they're onto something. I think now, you know, panic, panic prepping, as we coined it the other day, is that that's a reality in anything that happens. You get a hurricane on the Gulf Coast of Texas or Louisiana, you get a hurricane, you know, category three, four, or five, you want to see panic prepping at, a, at its best, that's it. And, you know, you'll see stores just wiped out and closed down, lumber stores out. I mean, Texas can, <laughs> no doubt about it, Texas can buy up and shut up an entire town in probably about 24 hours yeah, or and less. be gone out of it. And that's yeah. and that's it, epitome of it. And that's what, that's what panic prepping is. And the thing that's different is, is that a hurricane is a temporary event. And if it's a long-term event that's going to go years, months, and months, and years, it's just going to be devastating if you don't have pre preparations to sustain you beyond that initial panic. You're just, you're going to be in a bad way. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. I read a statistic the other day and I, I wish I could remember where I read it from, but it, it estimated that less than 1% of the U S population, uh, considered them to be quote unquote preppers. And the congressional EMP commission told Congress that, uh, following a EMP attack or a solar flare that, um, that took down the grid that they estimate 90% losses within one year, 90% of the U S population dead. Now mm. that leaves 10% left. And if we have less than 1% of people in this country who are preppers, that means the rest of the 10%, 9% of the U S population are not preppers. And guess what they're looking for? They're looking they're for looking, everybody else's they're looking stuff. To eat. That's right. And that's exactly right. And they're looking to eat. And, you know, and you're going to, and we're going to talk about so much more, you know, operational security is a super important uh, factor of this is, you know, if you have a billboard out in the front of your property that says I'm a prepper or yeah, come raid my property. I've got enough ammo for all of you. That just tells that group of 20, 30 people that you're prepping by yourself and, you got a whole lot of ammo, you know? So it's just one of those things we're going to talk about that prepper or that the operational security for the prepper group. It's very, very important, you know, um, one as individuals and just protecting yours because, you know, security is important. Knowledge is power and that knowledge and knowledge can be powerful for people that don't have your best intentions in mind. You know, if, if they know, if you take one of those people that 
truly genuinely have the mentality that I'm just going to go and take what I need. And you talking to them one day in the gym and you're telling them about your year's worth of food and your tens of thousands of rounds of ammunition and your arsenal of stuff. And you invite them over to your house and you hang out a couple of times. Just all he's done is inadvertent recon. Yeah. You know, you may not know that guy. He's done because here's the thing. He can be your friend. He can be your friend. But when he's hungry and his kids are hungry, there's not that loyalty is going to go away, unfortunately. And for a lot of people, not for everybody, but for a lot of people. And I think that's a safe assessment in today's society. We live in a very selfish society. And But if you have a group that, again, and we'll say this so many times, and there's a reason why we talk about being on the same sheet of music, being on it, because these are struggles that we've learned. And we've had people, and we've worked with people in our group that just weren't. These were some of the lessons that we learned. That's why you're going to hear us say, so much of that, just being on the same sheet of music and on board with what you're doing and everybody's drinking the same Kool-Aid, that makes sure that everybody's in sync and you know the loyalty level is the same because here's the thing, you don't have to freak out when you're prepared. You're going to be a little scared, it's going to be a little stressful, but you can say you ain't got to worry about where your next meal is going to come from because you know where it's going to come from. And that's a stress that you don't have to worry about when you take the time to put in the effort and prepare. And it's, it's so very valuable. It's just like for a new job, you prepare. You know, if you're going to go sell your car, you prepare that car for the sale to get the max value out of it. You clean it up a little bit more. You maybe put a sticker over the scratch or, you know, do whatever you can to maximize your return on your effort. And prepping is no different. You're going to get out of it what you put into it. And everybody's work ethic is so different. But if you find that group of people that everybody's in sync, man, the, the sky's the limit in what you can accomplish and the amount of stress that you won't have just because you're simply prepared and you have a plan. Whether that plan is simply you do nothing but prepare food, that's one stress out of the whole scheme of things you ain't got to worry about. That's right. Now you can take that and worry about where everybody's going to go to the bathroom. You know, it's one area that you can worry less about and the less you can take away the 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 more shallow you can make that pond of worry the better off you're going to be one step or another that's why i say if you're just now coming into the prepping game better late than never welcome to the pond and i hope you can get it as shallow as you can before stuff gets real on us and we're here to help you with that for sure no doubt about it that's that's what it's all about for us yeah helps us it helps you and because it's a community. We need that. We need that all over the place, that sense of community again. Well, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I want to add one thing, though. Uh, you know, it's not just the individual or the Raider group that may be interested in what you have, uh, especially in today's environment. I mean, there could be municipalities that are interested in what you have. And uh, to where if, you know, if these supplies are not coming through government sources into local communities to support that community, um, they may just start taking what people have in surplus so they can distribute that among the many. And on previous and administrations, that you want. under previous administrations, there's legal precedence for that. Sure there is. Yep, sure there is. But legal precedence or not, um, we're going to have words. <laughs> absolutely you know. and that's the thing knowledge is knowledge is power for you and those who wish to do you harm for sure yeah and that's and the less the less knowledge they have about you and all your knowledge the better off you're going to be in the long run that's just the reality of it so 
and I and I you know I hope we've done a, a fairly good job of of laying out kind of what our goal is. I know we and have a tendency sometimes to get a little more in depth when we don't want to, but that's the the sake of the conversation. You know, I'll, I'll tell the listeners out there that you know uh, Sam and I they, we're not we, these these podcasts are not scripted. No, this is this is two experienced guys that have been down this that decided to take our real world conversations and put a microphone in front of us and hope that someone else benefits from it. So you're going to hear, this isn't rehearsed and it's not scripted. You're going to hear the raw conversation between, um, I would say, almost a lifelong friend, two friends that have been friends for almost 20 years and have been prepping together for, you know, just that long. And that's kind of what brought us together. And that was that that common interest on it and some other things, some other projects we were working on together that brought us together. And we've been friends and it's, you know, our kids play together, you know, our wives are friends and, you know, you're just listening to two raw, raw conversation between two, two friends, two old army guys that have a, have a new mission and a new mindset. And so it's not going to be all prim and proper and, you know, proper etiquette. And there's going to be maybe sometimes weird noises in the audio and stuff, and that's okay. But we're just here to put out that information and, you know, some days we'll chase rabbit holes and some days we'll get long winded and some days we may not go into enough. And we encourage anybody that's listening, if you want to hear more on something, you send us an email and all that information will be available to you. Send it out, reach out to us, say, hey, man, you hit on this and I want y'all to go in depth on that. I want y'all to really talk about it. And I'll tell you, if it's a subject that we don't know a lot about, we're going to reach out into every network that we can, everybody that we know, and we're going to. We'll bring them on the we'll bring them on the show if we need to to talk about it if we don't feel like we can adequately put out that information we'll bring them on the show and one of the I'll give you a perfect example one of the guests we have is profiting off of the panic prepping right and we're gonna we got some guests that later on and other podcasts that are gonna talk about that a little bit and it's just because it's a reality and we just want to take each of these different steps these building blocks of of what we've learned and and just give them to you and, and load them on your trailer so to speak. So you have them in your toolbox or in your toolbox. So you have them and just be more successful. That's a, that's what we're here. So it's going to be raw, uncut. It's just, it's just two guys having a conversation. And I hope that everybody out there that listens to it benefits from it. That's our goal. We hope so. At least one person. If one person does, and it's a success in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree. Well, that's going to be it for episode one of the Phase Line podcast. Bill and I both want to thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode. Turned 18, it was time to become a man. I went down to that army station, I raised my right hand, flew around the world to this far. Fighting for the freedom of my fellow man We packed up our gear and grabbed our guns And our mothers cried, bidding farewell to their sons Now I'm here on the front lines Just keeping the wolf at bay Put my life
Stand steady and fearless 